Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Hey, you guys want to hear about goals? This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City and your home for all things crow. I am Nate, joined by the soccer superman to my, um, I don't know, I guess bizarro superman, uh, John, John Bismarck. <laughs> Have you come down from the goals that the team has mainlined into our veins this week? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I condone any mainlining, but uh, if it's if it's goals, I guess I can I can give everything a shot. You, once. you can get behind that. I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I mean, hey man, we're gonna get into it in detail today, but wow, uh, yeah, goals, 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 man. I hope we just didn't use them all up. No kidding. So we got some quality content that we want to slide into this week. Uh, we made a statement on Saturday. We have the full recap and analysis of the 5 nothing drubbing that we gave Dakota Fusion. The mailbag is full, so we're going to answer a few listener questions. And we're going to gear up for Saturday's big road trip to Duluth. What can we expect? And is this the perfect week to head up there? Let's make a new show together. All right. Yes. Before we start, though, I do want to say, like, you know, everyone knows what the scoreline was of that game, and I was kind of talking with some of the players that trained this week, and we were thinking, like, uh, do they have that one guy on the team that, like, didn't get in to the game, and he's, like, kind of, like, in a in a more chipper mood, and, you know, everyone's silent because they got their asses kicked, and then he's like, <laughs> so where, where, are we stop, where, where are we stopping for dinner tonight, guys? Hey guys you know, I'm real like, hungry. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> shut up, Kyle. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> There's always that one guy that just makes everyone even more angry because he didn't get in. <laughs> so, uh, John, we all got to be part. Uh, we were uh, we were there, and we were excited to see the bevy of goals scored, as we mentioned over and over over again. Um, let's talk about who was in the starting lineup that provided us with this bounty. Uh, first of all, in net again, big game, James Nair, Pepper uh, Check of the North. Yep. We had our back line of AO on the uh, on the right wing or the right back, Max, Miles, and Chuck on the left. We had two defensive midfielders, Steve and Max Stegwart. Steve was back, good to see him. We had Ben Wexler at the ten. We had Whitney and Will on the wings, and Brandon McGarity as the striker. And then on the bench, Matt Elder, Trey Benhart, Tim Wills, Siku Chroma making his Minneapolis City debut, uh, Martin Brown Jr., and Abdallah Ba back for the first time this year. Good to see him. Uh, similar to last week with a few changes, of course. Steve coming on um, instead of uh, Martin at defensive mid. We had Will on for the injured goose. And Miles moves to center back because AO had to move out wide because Mark Haight was injured. So there's a little backline shuffling, but it all seemed to work out. So I think the changes that were made were ones that helped us further lock in our kind of intended style of play this year yep. and kind of further cement, as you could tell by the scoreline, to show what our ability is in the league this year. And, we, you know, we talked to Coach Purbel and 
you all heard it if you listen to the show that this year we, you know we wanted to get out in front and on the front foot and score more goals so you know you saw that happen and i did joke with him and said you know we have this garage full of exotic exotic cars to race now um this year and but you know we maybe didn't need the exotic cars that are newer. Maybe we needed the old 911 Turbo that we had to just kind of tune up in, in the form of Whitney Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what what was what we really did see was this giant step forward, I think, that we took in the middle of the field. And that's the fact that our, our old MTA duo of Max and Steve kind of reunite after three full years away from MTA and away from that backwards side to side playing style of kind of keeping the ball. Um, and now have added that forward passing element, um, that we had hope they developed and that, that will to go forward. Um, and it also allows us to split Wexler and Martin up, um, to assure that they had each 45 minutes of fresh legs. And and you can, I mean, we'll talk about what Martin did with some fresh legs, but all in all those changes were ones that helped us take that step forward. And and I think what most people in our, around here and then in the division are seeing as a kind of a statement game for sure for, for both, for both teams actually. Yeah. So if you are a fusion fan, you just have to be shaking your head about how Dakota started. <laughs> um, you know, we were up in the booth trying to figure out what the delay was. There's a delay kickoff. We were ready at 7.05, and then everyone starts milling around. Everyone's talking to the ref. The ref is talking to the Dakota bench. Um, there's a player that goes off. They're fiddling with the player. We think maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's not ready. Uh, turns out number 20, uh, Sai Sua, couldn't get his nose ring out. And, why, and so course facial and ear jewelry is not legal on the pitch so he couldn't start or he couldn't get he couldn't get going um i've never seen a team start down to ten down 10 men uh have you john um i have before i start that i also have to note note something that i did find out today as well so abdallah ba did not feature in the match um when we were you know kind of clearing yeah. the bench and, and getting some guys rest because of his own nose ring issue oh my god so, I mean, what? <laughs> so, uh, so as so, rippable yeah. as number twenty's nose ring is, we have to temper that with our own. We know that our own guy had had similar issues. He just wasn't in the damn starting lineup. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, but to answer your original question, I have seen something like this before, but it was due to kind of like a rando nosebleed oh. um, that they need. Like some dude apparently partied too hard the night before and. Uh, his nose started bleeding right before kickoffs. So they had to like get him off, but it was never due to like actual nose jewelry. So I can just kind of wrap it all up into fourth tier problems. Am I right? Yeah, I guess we get a lot of that this week. So, right. uh, Seven minutes in. So we couldn't score while they were shorthanded. I think four minutes into the game, uh, number 20 gets his ass, gets his nose ring out and gets his ass on the field. Um, but we didn't have to wait too long after. It was funny. I was joking with AO after uh, at Omni and I was like, dude, four minutes, you're playing up, up a man. Like, why couldn't you score? He said, oh, yeah, sorry, Nate. We scored seven minutes in. Sorry that wasn't to your liking. <laughs> well, at first, he didn't know that we were up a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? You know what that speaks to me is that the guys were executing the game plan. They weren't, like, prepared to deviate from it uh, just because of some weird nose ring issue. And, hey, it worked. Uh, seven minutes in. We have what is already one of the goals of the season. Uh, Max Stegwart intercepts a pass centrally, dribbles upfield about five yards, takes a look up, and chips the keeper from about 25 to 30 yards out. Now, 
I heard that he's been working on that chip at training. How sweet is that, that he got to try it out um, with with a lot of success in the game? I mean, it's awesome that you, what you kind of put all the work into a practice. I mean, he doesn't just sit there and chip ball after ball. But I mentioned last week that he, you know, he's been the last guy around the training pitch after each session working on shooting from all distances and angles and just like solidifies all the work he did. Uh, and, and you can really ask any goalkeeper that there's nothing worse than getting chipped from any distance. But as you move <laughs> further out, uh, that uh, th- th- you go for, from the distance, it's kind of the harder the kick to the dick feels like, because it's like, <laughs> Like it's so demoralizing because you know most goalkeepers are tall, tall dudes. So getting chipped is like totally a mental positioning problem. Yeah, you know it, it's all on you. You know because it's not like a weird deflection or something like that. You can blame. It's literally you fucked up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So like you said, we, we were executing our game plan really well. We had a lot of possession early. We were feeling confident in the midfield. Uh, the team was able to just move the ball at will and win it back whenever they whenever they needed to, whenever they lost it. But um, the only issue that I had early was our buildup out of the back seemed very questionable. It reminded me of last year to some extent. And I, w- I want to ask you, do we really want Miles Norville playing that much with the ball at his feet and being forced to make decisions when pressured because he looked good against Jay Johnson on defense, but he looked less good uh, when he was dribbling <laughs> way upfield and uh, and and having to make like moves. <laughs> <laughs> I like your uh, your democratic way of saying less good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Miles hits a really sweet crossfield pass that stretches the defense. But when you think about our center backs, uh, you know, kind of have a trio of them. Um, you can throw AJ in that mix as well. Um, you're correct, Nate. He's like the last guy on the list you want moving the ball into the attack. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he is good and he's good on the ball with, and, and with the ball at his feet. But at that point, it would really probably be best suited to do less on the dribble and offload the ball to like a number six or number eight in the middle or out wide to a winger or perhaps that ball I noted that he hits well over the top. But if the defense gives you the space, if you don't try to take it, you become very one-dimensional like a lot of teams we're seeing in our league. So I prefer, you know, we'd rather keep keep it, um, you know, more times than we would waste it with that long ball because it's never it's not going to be completed at a higher percentage. But every now and then it's it's nice to keep the other team honest. Um, you know when we're you know they, they have a high line on the, on the final third. So I, I was okay with it, but it didn't get us in any any danger spots. So we don't we don't have to belabor it. Maybe yeah, more of like that's true. if you're if you're listening, Miles, like you know maybe, maybe you know think about it at a different angle, <laughs> you know, different, <laughs> yeah, different point of point on the field. You know, potentially when there's a, a faster striker that, that you know, is, is pressuring you down quicker, you know, maybe it is time to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he needs to, you know, hit that long pass every time he's got the ball. But, you know, like like I'm saying, it's if there's a guy, you know, coming at, like, bearing down on him, don't try to get fancy with it, man. Like, Francisco Calvo, he is not with the Techers. Like, he, he's he got this weird, <laughs> like, lanky gait. He kind of looks like... Uh, like Scooby running down the field. So <laughs> anyway. you should have seen him in finishing practice this week. It's oh God. Like, it was like every time he wound up, like every inch of his nine foot frame was just in motion. It was, uh, it was definitely a sight to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, take nothing away from what he did on the field. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very good point of note. So we stayed dangerous for that first 25 minutes, John, two great chances that we just missed. 
Um, one of them on another sequence off of the throw-in where Brandon McGarity was ruled offside. Um, and then another one where Brandon fed Will, who was streaking down the right side. Um, and he got him with a perfect like FIFA triangle pass. I don't know what the, the button is at the top, a Y button on Xbox. I don't know. But Will j- took just... It's, it's a Y, yeah. Yeah, it's a y. Will took just too heavy of a touch. Um and his momentum took him over the touch over the back line, so that was unfortunate. But right about this time, you turned to me and you had noticed something about how their back line was pay- was playing our forwards. Yeah, for some reason they were pressing us and holding a very high line, try- and I think it was in an attempt to minimize the space at which we had to operate in the middle of the field and to create like a larger distance in which our forwards had to cover if once that line was broken, mm-hmm. which in theory. It's smart to do against a team that has very good midfield capabilities. Yeah, I mean, that's the strategy to play against us last year. Right. But when you have a striker, you know, what it allowed us to do really was to use our speed more than we did last year. And what it also allowed was McGarity, uh, you know, using using his, his know-how, he checked back deeper to draw one of those slow center backs with him. And then that created more chances for us to hit a quick ball through the channels to our wide players. And it was very successful for us to create, you know, some half and some full chances. So, yeah. you know, I, I was just like, you know, why are we not punishing this? And then as soon as I said that, well, we'll talk about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So on the defensive side, uh, the corners, they kind of start to come hard and fast. And James came up with a real momentum building save to rally this defense that looked for a second to be on the ropes. And then it's almost like James read your mind, John, because a quick punt after (laughs) another... Kick it, man! (laughs) Yeah, after another easy save found Whitney, who, you know, he settled the ball, but the defender was right on top of him. But that defender, man, looked real lazy. If you watch that, if you watch the highlights, it it was just a no-no. Like, so he just takes the ball (laughs) off this lazy defender's foot and and he finds himself one-on-one with the keeper. And he buries it right side of the net. Suddenly it's 2 nothing. Whitney Brown uh, gets things rolling. Right. And you mentioned, like, I had just said, like, we got to hit a quick one once James gets the ball. And because what was happening, what happens almost more times than not in soccer now is that there's such an emphasis on goalkeeper distribution with them throwing the ball out or rolling out to a defender to try to build an attack that people kind of forget the fact that they're the only person on the field that can punt the ball. (laughs) So that covers a lot of distance. And when a goalie makes a save nine times out of 10, almost 10 times out of 10, the entire set of people on the field is pushed into your half. Yeah. So if, if you have that speed, just, and you can kick the ball the furthest on the field off the punt or the drop kick, just try it and see what happens. And they did try it. And, you know, the funniest thing outside of him, of Whitney nicking the ball off the defender was he actually had to throttle down to like third gear in order to lift his head up and pick his spot where he wanted to finish and put the ball in. And I believe that if he was at full 100%, he would have likely probably pushed the ball wide. Yeah. Uh, but but he did not. And we're starting to see uh, us really turn the screws on Dakota after that. The, the, the first goal, which was a momentum builder. The, the save that kept us in it, that built the momentum further, and then now a lazy error just further demoralizing Dakota. Yeah. So if 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 we can get our keepers to start playing that ball off their feet, trying to uh, trying to get those those punts down the field, that's like uh, that's like Pep style, man, isn't it? You know, you need eleven guys with feet on the field, isn't that what he says? Yeah, something like that. Something like you don't like him, do you? No, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> 
So in the 38th minute, uh, Brandon finds himself loose on the right wing. He crosses into to Max, who blasts another great shot, forcing that Dakota keeper uh, into into a really good save. Props to him for that save, but the rebound off the punch lands right at the feet of Whitney, who just volleys it real nice, nicely to himself and puts it in just under the crossbar in the top right of the net. And, John, tell me, what what is that locker room looking and sounding like when we go up uh, 3 nothing at half? Obviously, it's it's hyped up, and you know the jokes are flying around, and and people are you know laughing and whatnot, and and but what we saw, if anything, Nate, it's we were up two nil at halftime to them last year at home, mm-hmm. and they came roaring back and scored three goals in the second half, and likely have ruined our season, to be completely honest. Yeah, um, that that was one of those games that if we would have just drawn those three points there, which were rightfully ours at that point, it, it would have been playoffs for us, and they would have been the ones sitting sitting at home. But this year. We stayed the course, stayed focused, and just stuck our flag further in the ground that we owned the match, and we weren't going to let it up, and let it up we did not. No, no, no. A real a real great team goal, I'll call it, uh, in the 56th minute made it 4 to nothing. Martin finds his brother Whitney uh, running on the left side. Whitney cuts right through the middle of the field. He splits the midfielders running diagonally all the way across to the right side of the field, to the right wing, where he finds Will... Uh, running down the right touchline. And you know Witt was hungry because then he keeps his run going just off of Will's left shoulder. It's it's a really nice it's a really nice little interchange a little exchange they have between them. Um and then he overlaps and Will eases up and lets him overlap and then hits him two steps later Whitney has his third goal. Four nothing. We're cruising. Whitney's the hat trick hero. That kind of team play is exactly what we've been going for these last two plus seasons. That is um, the epitome of city ball, as I, as you have envisioned it. Right, and I, I think I want to take it another step further than what, what where the play started. I think it was kind of pressure at its finest. So what happened? What you know, we 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 regroup after a lost possession, and when mm-hmm. I what I mean by regroup is everyone got their shape back quickly to suffocate the the potential counterattack. And then we nick the ball off of them. The ball gets wide to Whitney, uses his speed, and then, like you said, um, the inch-perfect pass that that goes through to him off of the dynamic run, and, and, you know, he puts himself in scoring position, and there we go. It's it's completely off to the races. And I really don't know, though, Nate, is if he doesn't make that run last year. Yeah, the confidence that he had, because, like I said, he went from... All the way from the left side of the field, diagonal across the entirety of the field, and then to, up the field, and then up more to be basically a second, <laughs> a supporting right winger. Him and Will kind of in tandem. It was something that, uh, like you said last year, he probably would not have done. He probably would have tried to go straight with it. But this year, he's looking for that run. And look out, folks! If if that's the type of effort we're going to be getting out of Whitney in execution, it's, uh, it's it's going to be a nice nice thing to have. Yeah. So Martin adds to the dog pile, Martin Brown, his brother, uh, with a great left-footed shot in the 59th after gathering a loose ball. Uh, he totally dumbfounds the keeper, who just got a finger on it, but it was perfectly curved into the top right, 5 nothing, and uh, time to coast for Minneapolis City. So much like your your last comment on the um, on Whitney's uh, hat trick goal, it it's really is a type of play that we've stressed. It was another opportunity where we won the ball collectively as a team, 
and then Will got the ball out wide, and, and then eventually the ball finding Martin. But we've also stressed the willingness to let shots fly from distance. And Martin did literally just that. He saw a window, and, and when you're on the sidelines and you see the ball kind of puff up nicely on a half bounce to that sweet left foot of his, you just hope he rips his laces through it, and he, <laughs> and he could not have hit it any sweeter or more perfect. I mean, it went upper 90, and the goalie had zero chance. So now, Nate, you're the goalkeeper, and first off, you get chipped from 30 yards. Yep, then feels, you see, feels awful. <laughs> yeah, then you see your lazy center back get stripped and go down the field and have to try to make a breakaway save, and, and you don't. Then you make your only great save of the night to see your defense lazily step out, and then the third goal goes in. Um, and then a perfect shot across your body flies right by you, and, and then now this, where it's like an untouchable shot. I would not have wanted to sit next to that guy on the bus ride home. Specifically, if I was any member of his backline, yeah, um, it's what I like to call a career ender uh, in one match because you literally have everything go wrong for you and everyone points the finger at you because of the last line. So lucky for him, he had Eris uh, next up and basically was handed a clean sheet. Mm. Um, but I, I'm sure that helped a bit, but it won't last that long until he's tested again. So it's more like, what does this guy do next that could define his season uh, early in 2018? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, not not entirely his fault, but uh, you know, a stinker like that, you got to be just on, under a rain cloud for the rest of the week. I mean, the first and the and the last goals were like, what what are you supposed? To, or no, sorry, the the first goal was was his fault, and then the the Whitney's third goal, so yep. our fourth goal. Yeah, I think he could he could have saved. Um, he was caught out of position. So those two are both positioning things. The other goals were just like... Like one-on-one against Whitney Brown. You, yeah. That yeah, sucks. It was, like a, it was totally like a what-the-fuck moment to your yep. defense for the yep. other goals. But, it, you know, if, if you look at it as a purist, it really should have been 2 nothing. So all the fight was out of Dakota really there at the end of the game. They were bad on possession. We could sit back and absorb their pressure with James controlling the game out of the backfield. I think the only threat came really at the death with an amazing, 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 <laughs> amazing <laughs> Beljulji freaking. <laughs> Tongue twisters. Mm-hmm. Bel- Beljulji uh, hits the underside of the crossbar and the ball stays in front of the goal line somehow. Shades of Minneapolis City at Croatia a few years back as we... Uh, I remember we were robbed of a couple points there due to a due to a bad call. I don't know what this what it looked like from the um, you know from the from the field level, but uh, it was awfully awfully close to a goal. But the clean sheet was maintained. John, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this wonderful game. Um, I actually had my eyes closed. So, <laughs> I, and I'm not joking. I was sitting on the sideline with Hutton, and I closed my eyes. It was like this can't happen. This can't happen. And then I hear ping, and then I opened my eyes. It was like, oh my god, it still might happen. <laughs> um, but I, I would say, first and foremost, complete performance from the starters uh, and even the subs. I mean, you got to see AJ get some good rehab minutes, and he looked really good on the ball. Mm-hmm. You saw Timmy come on and do his thing again with a lead. Um, as well as push forward. Yeah. And then you saw you saw Trey getting more back into the mix, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and I, I'm most surprised with how pedestrian, though, Dakota was, Nate. Yeah, really. The weird. roster, by and large, is the same as last year. And you have to think they haven't forgotten how to get the ball to Jay Johnson like they did last year. So it was real baffling that, that they can take one like that on the chin without little to with little to no response. Yeah. So, John, after the game, I got, got a chance to talk to uh, two players – 
Uh, first Whitney Brown and then Max Kent. Let's hear what Whitney had to say about his, this amazing game and his hat trick. All right, I am here with Whitney Brown uh, of the hat trick tonight. Whitney, what about this Dakota defense gave you uh, so many opportunities to come away with a hat trick tonight? Uh, I think uh, tonight the focus was to come out hard. Um, as a team, we we came out slow the first two games. So if the coaches are uh, talking to us pregame, they just want us to come out hard. And uh, together as a team, we just create a, a mentality that we're going to come out hard and try to get the first goal. And once the first happened, uh, you know, to see the ball go in, you know, it just kept kept coming. Uh, Four goals on the season for you this year already in, in a very young season. What feels different about this year than last year? I think Not just year, physically, but mentally. Uh, mentally, I think I'm more uh, prepared. You know, you have seen these teams before last year. So this year, you kind of know what to expect. And then also just, you know, being healthy. Uh, last year, I hurt my ankle. So I was kind of slow out of, out of the gates. And this year, you know, I uh, feel a lot more fit and just ready to go. Nice. Uh, does it feel good to come home to uh, Osseo High School and dominate once again on the uh, on the track that you hold the uh, four by four hundred record to? Right. I mean, um, Osseo is just so a special place for me to be honest, uh, just because you know it's, it's where I started playing and just a lot of great memories. You know, like you said, I ran track here also, so being back just feels home. You know, just uh, know the surroundings and. Uh, I think it just feel natural for me. Here. Nice, yeah. So we got Duluth next week, uh, going up Memorial Day weekend. Is this new speed and this new attack of Minneapolis City the answer to Duluth's physical play? Because we, we've seen from their Open Cup, uh, we've even seen from Aris tonight being able to score on them, that these guys can be beat, can be scored on. Uh, do, do we feel like we have the key finally? Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, this year we have a, a, a very big striker in Brandon who holds the ball up for us well, and he kind of gave us time in possession. Um, so this year, uh, and also just with AO in the back, his physicality is kind of rubbing off on the team. So mm -hmm. I think uh, we're just mentally focused and we'll be ready for Duluth. All right. Whitney Brown again of the hat trick tonight. Amazing game and looking forward to many more. Thanks a lot. I think that his note that once the first hat, the first goal happens, things will come. That, that, that's a really big point of notice, Nate, that one, once you see a ball go in the goal, it just breeds that confidence. Like It, it kind of gets the monkey off your back, uh, specifically for a guy like Whitney that we talked about um, last week where you know I, I, I predicted he'd score two goals in this game, and he bested me by one. Um, and you can ask Steve <laughs> about that because Steve and I were texting, and I said, Whitney scores two goals this week. And then, of course, after the game, he's like, you fucked up, dude. He scored three. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was just a, a case of like that literally that one went in and it, it was an easy finish for him off of a breakaway. And you could just tell that every other chance he had was outside of the one that he clearly mishit that went about 25 yards out for a throw in. Um Everything was was close to going in, near misses, or yeah. it did go in, and that's what we needed for him. And and you know he scored, he's got four goals on the season, um, and you know he's already beyond what he, what he put in. Um, if you throw our open cup stuff in and last season in, so and we're so early in the season. So I think I, you're, I think that was that was huge. I think you're right that that confidence, and he he spoke to it a little bit. That confidence is really gonna uh, serve us well too as the team goes up to Duluth. Uh, that you know, it's a team that has been a little bit of um, a, a boogeyman of ours, knowing that you know they have beat us or drawn us in some in a couple of really tight matches, 
and and uh, in some last minute ways, I think this is a good way to build the confidence ahead of time to go up and and hit them early and hit them often and hope that we can put the game out of their reach. Right. I think in this last note, if Osseo is where the Browns do their damage, perhaps we don't move back to Minneapolis as they've collectively scored five goals in two games. So perhaps we think about that as an organization. You know, like, Feels you know lucky. it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a drive for you guys, but this is where the Browns do their damage, so we can't move back. That's right. Uh, so I also got a chance to talk to Max Kent because uh, while the offense gets a lot, you know, a lot of the credit from this game, the defense did put up a clean sheet. So I wanted to hear what Max had to say about their approach and uh, how they felt the game went. All right, I am here with Max Kent. Uh, Max, another successful defensive outing, this time against a usually high-scoring Dakota team. Uh, what did you guys talk about this week to keep the defense super tight and prepared for uh, for a team that's scored, what, seven goals on the season already? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the biggest thing coming away from the last two games was balance um, and making sure that you know our, our back line and our midfield three in the middle uh, were connected you know, the entire game. So uh, that was the biggest thing that I, I noticed today. Um, otherwise, I think it was just continually communicating. You know, I hope you know. Hopefully, the, the fans come away, you know, hearing our voice ringing out in their ears. You know, even you know, 90 minutes after the, the game ends. So that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, the biggest takeaway from today is you know we just we just communicated really well and we were just very organized. Uh, another another instance of us containing last year's NPSL Golden Boot winner. We are currently the only team that Jade Johnson has yet to score against. Uh, How'd you do it, man? How'd you make it happen? Well, honestly, props to him because he's he is a force. He he attracts a lot of attention. Um, but with that being said, you know it's it's good that we communicate. We pass him on. We make sure that he's always um, in our peripherals, uh, and that you know it has worked. So you know not to say we're not going to overlook him the next time we come you know go to the to their home up you know down or wherever they are. Um, but uh, he's a good player, so we got to keep you know the the conference has got to watch out for him. So. Up only one to nothing, we turned, it seems like the team turned an amazing save uh, by James Nair into a lot of momentum moving forward, and then we started piling on the goals. Uh, how big was that save for the team, and uh, could you feel Could you feel the shift? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was an incredible save, not just because, you know, he kept us, you know, alive, but it made, you know, kept us honest, right? We, we were getting into a, a great place. Um, both offensively and, and you know defensively, but when you break down like that, you got to realize that you know defense wins games. So you know that save reminded reminded us that we cannot stop at you know just a nice you know two zero two zero lead one zero lead whatever. Um, we got to keep you know fucking pushing and you know sorry my bad um, and uh, and just continually uh, uh, keep the defense you know at the highest level it possibly can. Next week, going to Duluth. Uh, we've already taken down two of the top three teams uh, in the division this season. How is this going to be the trip that cements us into our rightful place as we uh, as we tackle these dudes? I mean, to be honest, I'm looking at how we develop as a team. We're so we're so early on in the season. Um, I encourage not only you know the, our each other our our team, but you know fans to realize that this is a this is a important season not just because we want to you know make the playoffs but we need to grow as a team as a, as a program um, as and as a club so you know we need to stay grounded going into Duluth because 
whether we go in and and have a great result or we go in, you know, and having not a great result, the rest of the season is is in front of us, and you know that's going to that this coming week is going to dictate how we do on on Saturday and for the rest of the season. So that's that's what I have to say about you know Duluth. All right, thanks a lot, Max Kent, uh, centerpiece of a very stingy city defense tonight. Really appreciate it. So the balance that he notes is, I think, is really important. When you go up against a striker like Jay Johnson, and there's you know a couple similar folks like to him, like Repetto we had uh, against Med City, um, and Nito at Med City, and then Farrar and Duluth. You kind of get too focused on them sometimes, and, and you can actually allow the other players to find spots that, that they have vacated um, and create chances, unless you do a good job of staying connected. And I think that that was ever transparent throughout the game, that our back line was totally lockstep and, mm-hmm. and you know he notes that defense wins games and that's because he goes to McAllister and that's all they play um, <laughs> fair <laughs> but enough but la- but last year it was our la- our lapse in our defense early in games and late in games that that you know you can say co- probably cost us a-, a chance at playoffs yep if we continue to progress on this balance and this connectedness that we have all the while we're making adjustments at the back due to, you know, like potential future injury or situational changes or, you know, guys um, dipping in form, other guys elevating. I think it's something that we really have to, to keep going and and see if we can't best our goals against average that we had last season, which was already stingy. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good attacking players, like I mentioned in this league. If we can limit our goals to, to set pieces or the occasional blast from distance, I think we're going to be all right, Nate. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, I think the other great thing that Max notes there is how inspiring it is to play in front of the fans, to play for the citizens, and and to kind of know that the citizens are hearing that you as a team are as into the game as they are. Uh, That's really cool. That's a perspective that we hadn't heard before. But we do know that, um, you know, our fan base and our atmosphere that we provide is something that the players talk about year after year and why they want to come back. So that's that's cool to note that he's uh, he's calling that out this early in the season and in this new environment. Sure. John, player of the game that is not named Whitney Brown? I think it has to go to big game, James. Mm. I mean, you can talk about what Max did again, uh, his chip, but um, you know, and you may. I don't know what your answer is going to be. Um, you could also talk about what Steve did in his first ma- match back this season, kind of keeping the ball and moving it. Uh, but that save that James made at a very crucial time in the match can shift the momentum like we saw last year in some matches. And instead, it keeps us uh, on the front foot and hype, it hypes the team up. It gives that back line the reserve that James will be there to pick up the pieces if things break down. And also the fact that it was at such a close range for yeah. uh, for a reaction save like that for a big guy it was really impressive. Yeah, Sh- Shuttlesworth-esque, you could call it. <laughs> Uh, the, he, he, the only thing he does is reaction saves. Uh, no, but, uh, I agree. I think it is James. <laughs> defense is terrible. <laughs> he, he needs to. Um, yeah. I, I agree. James would be the, uh, the alternative player of the game, not only for all those reasons that you said, but because he kept, he stayed vocal. He kept running the game from, uh, from his position, kept, kept the defense's brains into it. Um, and even provided a few, a few late heroics to keep that clean sheet so i i would also say big game james number two whitney brown of course number one now last week john just to keep you honest here you said that we in order to win this game we need to come out of the gates faster we need to elevate our style of play we need to pick a high line and we need to bury our chances that's four out of four john 
It's almost like I've seen a few things before, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are times when people make this game a lot harder than it has to be. And we've done that in the past, for sure. And every team at some point does it. But this was just a, a statement that when we do focus on a few key points in our game plans and we actually execute them, just what we are actually capable of. Yeah. Um, and not to mention that we're, we're still not at full strength. There's still players that are coming in and the position battles are only getting stronger. And that's, only, that, that's also only going to breed um, a higher level of play for the team. Nice. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I just want to close on this. That I'm not really sure if Dakota is that bad this year or if we're that good. But this was a crucial confidence builder going into what I think is the toughest game on the schedule. When you think about what Dakota did to start the season, I'm wondering if that loss in the U.S. Open Cup to, to Duluth to, broke them, broke their confidence. Um, it could have. It, because then they come out, uh, if I can remember right, they they came out and they, they, they drew to VSLT in what turns out to be uh, one of the few times VSLT has mul- has had multiple goals, goals scored on them. Uh, and then they get crushed. Or scored multiple goals. <laughs> That's true. Then they get crushed by us. And then they only they only put up two on Eris following that. It looks like the sheet says three, but the tweet from uh, Dakota said two. Yeah. Uh, so... <sighs> Again, I'm one. You know, Eris is a nice rebound game to have, but they just do not look like the same team that they did last year. Now that uh, now that they're done with the Open Cup, was and that VSLT game at home or on the road? That was at, at their house. VSLT okay. traveled all the way up to Fargo and got a got a result, got a point. I mean, it, I I only ask because I'm thinking like they just don't travel well, and I mean it's been apparent by two games back to back they don't travel well, but. You know, it's it's tough in a short season and like Med City too. Like their the results that they've been getting since we, we beat them yeah. is a little bit baffling too. And like I thought they're gonna come out hot at home against Duluth and it's gonna really be a barn burner and then it's just the it biggest was a snooze fest. fest. Oh jinx. And yeah, hey, buy me a Coke. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with them. It's early in the season and things could turn around, but uh, right now it's nice to be off to a little bit of a head start. Uh, and I, I want to say that the Twin Shards have to be thanking their lucky dragons that they didn't run into us looking like we did. Uh, you know, it's nice. Too bad they canceled, but we we could have crushed them twelve nothing the way that we were scoring. <laughs> the way that we were scoring, but maybe it's I mean, because of that. Maybe it was because of that cancellation, because of that extra opportunity to train, and because of the little chip on our shoulder that the team might have had that we came out firing. I, I mean the 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 mindset around the locker room and the training ground right now is like they have circled the six fourteen on the calendar and are like we we just got to go out and, b- and pound them yeah because because of all this bullshit so yeah, I, hear I, I actually uh, yeah I think they may have done themselves a disservice actually they should just play the game yeah they could have caught us they could at least you know had a chance to catch us off guard wasted a little bit of our energy for what turned out for for a, what would have been or should have been a bigger game for us um, mm-hmm. anyway uh, that's that let's put that let's put that awesome week in the books and look forward to many more uh right now john we've got we're going to open up the mailbag uh three questions this week in the unofficial old granddad inbox. <laughs> i love that i didn't see that in the rundown yeah uh, i mean maybe the, the old granddad rant finally had, ran its course yeah maybe there's only we can only get so angry <laughs> 
I mean, I'm angry about a lot. I'm just can... probably not liberty to talk about it. That's true. <laughs> so I will fire these questions at you, these reader submitted questions at you, John, and you educate the people. All right? Yeah, I'm ready. Is so, it's like my own speed round? Basically. So first question coming into the mailbag is uh is Trey a hot dog is a sandwich. Is Trey injured? After all the high praise on the podcast and the NPSL showcase appearance, I thought he was a shoe in to start. And while AO has done a great job at center back, I would love to see him overlapping on the wings, combining with Whitney. AO, I'm assuming he means. Trey also yep. adds height to the back line, which is much needed in this reader's opinion. Every corner Med City had made or had made me nervous. Big game James can only clear so many crosses. What is the story with with Trey, John? He's been coming so, in uh, as a reserve the last couple weeks. So the first match of the season was a tactical substitution because of the fact that they ran two two strikers, mm-hmm. and we felt that it was more beneficial to have speed at the center back position because if our line breaks down, the the um, the the fact that we might the the numbers game quickly shifts in their direction, and and not to say. That it, it would have broken down, but if it did, it, first first game of the year at home, we just did not want to have that happen. So it was a tactical change, and Trey did did feature that game, but but came on late. Mm-hmm. Um, he is fully healthy. He's just been finishing up some obligations he's had in his personal life with being a, a student teacher this past uh, past year, um, and then uh, doing some coaching duties that he has finished up. So he's missed some training sessions, um, and and has been later than we we have guys report to matches. So for that case, you know, case in point one, you can't start a player that's not fully in, right? And but with a guy like him, he needs to be in the eighteen regardless because of his quality. As long as he is, he's meeting his minimum requirements of being at, you know, a certain amount of sessions. So as long as he's making us aware of a situation and putting the work in when he can be there, it's, it's fine. But those things are all over now and he is fully back with us. Nice. Um, the second, the second is plain and simple. Uh, we do have to do a better job on corners from a defensive standpoint. And that's something that we've worked on tirelessly in training with and without Trey. And we will continue to do that until, um, you know, we're, we're clearly defending them a lot easier than we, we have been. All right. Next question. When can, when can fans expect Shea Bottom, Juan Luis, and Tommy Big Cat, Tommy K, to be <laughs> available? Uh, I'll go in a little bit of different order. So Juan's in camp now. Nice. Uh, he was at training all week, uh, and I would be surprised if he isn't selected in the Duluth game in the event that we need a finisher off the bench mm-hmm. um, until he gets fully backless. But he is he is in the side um, right now, uh, as is f- a full a full functioning Nick Hines, who's back uh, and living in the city. He got an apartment, got a got a job. Now all right. Graduated. So uh, so Big Gary is back. Um, <laughs> sh- <laughs> Shay is just about to finish training for his his new career and should be back with us soon. But we'll obviously need a few sessions and and perhaps a week or two to get on the same page with the guys and back into game shape. Okay. And then Tommy will be here in mid June once his trimester is over, uh, and that will be similar to Shay, you know, having to get integrated in the side. So yeah, that's the we're best almost up thing is Northwestern is on trimesters. Yeah. And really, the only opportunity for those guys to play summer soccer is to stay in Illinois. So, you know, the fire reserves and, you know, their PDL team and um, and then, you know, their U23 team is just chock full of guys that are from that from that school because they, there's really nowhere for them to play because of this perhaps, you know, this instance. 
Yeah, it's strange. Uh, or they the, go back and they, they feature on a men's league side and, you know, for a Big Ten school, they, the coach probably doesn't want that. No. All right, good good answers. Uh, so yeah. next question uh, in the uh, in the mailbag. Can you hear the mail the mailbag ding? Anyway, as my summer starts <laughs> to become increasingly more uh, scheduled, is there any update on any dates and times for U twenty three matches? I think this is a great question and something that I've been meaning to ask. Can I can I pass? No. <laughs> is, there, is there a pat? Uh, no. So we're currently putting the finishing touches on the U23 schedule, and, and it should be out soon. It's just very hard, folks, in the first year and being non-league with this team to trying to get games with some teams that are they have league obligations. So if you're listening, uh, MPSL, maybe a regional U23 league would not be the worst. Um, but anyways, I digress. Um, so... We have some quality teams we'll be playing, uh, and and the, some some teams that you've heard of um, that uh, these young guys will get to murder up on. Um, but uh, also, not all of them are back from school yet, so scheduling something too soon isn't smart. Right. So if we learned anything about what happened to us earlier in the season with getting guys back and and then what's been happening since guys have been returning, um, we need to be smart about that. So. Look for their games to be pushed a little bit later into the summer before they go back to school, and then um, you know after the MPSL regular season is over. Yeah, I was gonna so, say our season kind of ends June thirtieth, July seventh. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of summer left to play soccer for mm-hmm. for some kids. Like a, a lot of the more serious college kids will go back to school, um, mm-hmm. but you know for these U twenty three guys that are just coming coming into the fold, plenty of opportunities right. to find some games. Right. Exactly. So. There you go. Mailbag. All right. And number four, last question. I think I, I saw on Twitter that Mark hate he saw Mark hate with a summit beer ice pack on his ankle. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but I don't I don't believe he played against Dakota. He did not. Is that precautionary or has he sustained a serious injury? That picture was actually Nick Hutton, who oh. is uh, still coming back from an ankle injury. Our but mailer was, was mistaken. Partly correct, though. It was a uh, ice pack full of a couple summits. Um, you know, you got non-league man. You got to be as efficient as possible and pinch right. those pennies. So <laughs> ice ain't ice ain't free. You can't. So. Yeah, you can't drink ice when you're done with it. Well, wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the uh, the the liquid painkillers for That's the right. injury. Uh, no, but he's been in rehab at every training session, um, and this week he was actually starting to take part in some drills. So he still needs a little bit of time to get fully healthy. Uh, Mark's absent was actually due for some personal reasons, and he, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't feature in the in the match day eighteen, um, this Saturday. Well, John, that was an excellent mailbag. Uh, we want to remind our listeners: if you have any questions, if you have five questions at a time, shoot them our way. You can hit us up at mcscpodcast at gmail dot com, uh, and we'll hit you up with that email again at the end of the show but for now it's time to get down and dirty because we've got a game coming up on saturday that we need to get ready for we are hitting the duluth fc preview tell us all about what we can expect up in duluth john here we go man uh i'm sure once the schedule came out this match was one that many circled as an early setup of two potential title contenders um, and for sure, two teams that really have no love lost for each other on and off the pitch. Mm. So uh, definitely a tasty matchup for fans. 
Duluth FC is last year's top dog, Vesting City uh, by three points, and Dakota Fusion by one point um, to take the title. Uh, one that most, uh, and some, if not all, around these parts felt it was kind of City's given right um, on paper. Um, hate them if you want, but it must be said that they did whatever it took to win games last year. And, and they had a collectiveness that was something that showed in how many late winners they had, yeah. game-saving draws they had. They just grinded out the season. And they're doing it um, again this year. Yep. And, you know, league title holders need that at any level. So, um, you know, but again, they're also pretty ripe with fuel to dislike them. So outside of that. <laughs> well, so, you're right. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll keep going. Yep. Uh, last season they finished uh, – Top with eight wins, three losses, and four draws with a plus 21 goal diff and then 14 goals against in route to getting torn apart by Detroit in the playoffs. Um, yeah, season ended real fast. Um, and then uh, I joke that Detroit <laughs> the Detroit beat the Bacchus out of them because that's when Kyle Bacchus left to do whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, so gone is the fedora, and now they are led by new head coach Joel per- uh, Pearson who is the head coach at Northland College, a NCAA Division III school out of Ashland, Wisconsin. Real, I'm from Wisconsin, really never heard of it. Uh, so uh, questions to be had there. Yeah. But So they've upgraded the position in their club with the actual coach that does it for a living. Um, with, with this change, we've seen Duluth play a similar direct style, uh, which produces chances, but is one that is very unpopular for the soccer traditionalists. Uh, and Coach Pearson seems to play this style almost to a fault when you can see that there are players who want to link, link up with each other on the field rather than just kick and run. And I, case in point was last night's uh, Med City match. It was just like, how did you watch the game, Nate? I, I watched the second half, yeah. How many passes went out for long throw-ins, like deep, yeah. deep throw-ins yeah. or goal kicks? It was just like... Why are you going over over the head of three guys that are open? But anyway, so almost uh, to a fault. But we've also seen, um, you know, this is a team that's get, that gave up 14 goals last season, and they've given up, you know, almo- almost half that this season in, in four or so games. So to me, that says that if, if, you, if you can contain the long ball and their affinity to attack from the wings and, and rip crosses in, they can be attacked much like Dakota Fusion was attacked on Saturday. Yeah, what was it in the uh, Open Cup? 3-3 or 4-4 before? 4-4. Four, four. So four, that, four. that's eight goals total um, since they started play, counting the Open Cup, um, which is more than halfway to their goal total from last year. If you don't count the Open Cup, they've still given up four goals. Right. So definitely uh, goals are ripe for the picking as long as you can make sure you you play the complete game and, and mind the... Uh, what they can do on the offensive one, end. One quick question I have about their uh, their play style, where you're saying these, you know, that he's kind of sticking to this to a fault or sticking to this ad nauseum, even though there's plenty of other options on the field. Do you think this is one of those things where he came in and they basically said, "Here's how Duluth plays. This is the Duluth style of soccer. It worked for us the last Duluth year. Way. Yep, we want you to stick with it this year and see what you can do." I mean, I don't know. I don't. To be honest, I don't think that they, they. they you don't think you don't think Tim Sass has that kind of uh, <laughs> has has that kind of not only vision but has that kind of uh, isn't really that into throwing his weight around and saying like this is the way that I want to play and I'm the owner. 
I don't think I don't think so. No, that um, doesn't sound like him. You're right. I mean, the script for them last year was they really were like they were you know they were one heartbeat man like everybody was all in and they were like it was a brotherhood like we joke about mm-hmm. and it wasn't our our favored form of a brotherhood but it worked for them and when sometimes you find that when you have you might not have I mean look at okay look at the foxes in England like what who the fuck would have ever thought the Leicester City was gonna win the Premiership yeah. They were just all on the same page together. And whether you like their playing style or not, or you like the club or not, that that actually can win you titles. And they did. So I don't think it was more so like a, hey, we're just going to kick the ball to Farrar um, and he's going to win us a title again. I don't think it was that. I think it was more so like maybe that's just his style of play. And mm-hmm. it works at it, it works at his level that he's coaches at and now he's working with more talented players and he might think that it can work even better. And and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But it it's like the old um I mean, in the, the last couple years of Pep at Barcelona, like when they would lose a game, they would lose a game like bad because <laughs> they were like, Fuck fuck it, this is how we play and if they're all in, we, yep. Yeah, we're all in on it, and we don't want to change. So right. beat either beat us, or we're gonna beat you. Like whatever. Um, we'll go to the, we'll go to the next thing, and we're gonna beat you five out of ten times. Um, or sorry, uh, five out of six times, and that that one loss really doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that's my take on it. I don't know. That's I, fair. I really don't okay. know. Um, so they're led by the big ginger, Kyle Farrar, um, striker, who can score goals from all different angles and distances. But he really does, I think, his best job of his hold-up play uh, when his back is to the goal and, and he can set up the the kind of trailing mid- center midfielders and then the wingers to, to kind of operate. But um, I you know I just mentioned that that's not really how they play this year. So, um, so, so really... Uh, it seems like with this new coach, just want him to like chase down long balls and then try to like get his head on the ball from wide service, and I mean not as effective really. I mean, yeah. All their goal. I don't think he's he's scored yet, has he? Maybe one goal against. He he might have one goal on the year. Uh, you know, don't don't quote me on that. But um, doing that service is a mixture of Joe Watt and Sean Morgan, who are rollovers um, from the title winning team. And uh, they also have a very dangerous new player named uh, Dana Kowalczyk, who is both, I think, great off the dribble uh, and, and can hit shots from distance as well as playing those crosses in. Yeah. Uh, definitely a newcomer of note that we, we should be paying some, some attention to on the field. Um, but there's another player who they picked up, uh, Ramos, who looked extremely dangerous in the Open Cup game, yeah. uh, especially in the, in the attacking third. But he went down with a knee injury in the Open Cup game, and he's out for um, – Probably the majority of the season. Oh. So um, well, I mean that to- sucks for him. Good, yeah, it totally sucks for him because he he looked like a uh, let me put it this way he looked like a very non Duluth player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take take that however you want, but uh, yeah, I mean that's he great. was a guy that I pen I penciled in right away as like wow that that's a that's a good pickup. So so Ferrar has one goal on the season in the game the three three draw uh, against Twin Stars or at Twin Stars. Kowalczyk has Kowalczyk's deli has three <laughs> goals on the season, um, two against Eris and one against Twin Stars. So, so he's got one goal on the air, really. Basically, I mean, like, come on, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So still dangerous, but, still, still potential I mean, he, there. I mean, he was dangerous. Um, I mean, they had a, they had him playing right back during in the Open Cup game against St. Louis because they were like shorthanded and. I mean, it was like, 
You have nobody else who can play defense besides your best attacking option right now. Anyways, um, I don't coach the team, nor would I ever. So do what you got to do, man, Pearson, mm-hmm. Coach Pearson. Um, so missing from the team until later this season um, are Tom Corcoran, who many of you know from his time with us during the U.S. Open Cup run. Um, he's currently finishing up his college coaching duties in Iowa till mid-June. Um, and then everyone's favorite defender, Goonie Bentall, um, who actually, they miss him, Nate. Yeah. Like, he um, added at least a, at least six inches to that defense, to that height. <laughs> and, in a wingspan uh, of 12. And, yep, yep. So uh, Google uh, Bentall, the... Uh, he of the Star Wars name, uh, they could use him because they've they've given up quite a few goals. Three against Twin Stars, a goal they gave up a goal against Eris. They gave up four goals against Delu- or against Dakota, and uh, of course the drubbing they received in St. Louis. Uh, uh, no, against St. Louis at home, right? Was it? Yeah, it was at oh, home. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, honestly. Hate me for saying it. He is a very important part of their defense. Yeah. And uh, regardless of the extracurriculars that come with him, he's a good defender. So, um, so yeah, so they're missing those guys. So without those players, Nate, there could be a window for the Crows to uh, to fly into this weekend to pick to maybe nick some three points on the road. But, um, you know, they're, they're going to be prepared for us. You know, I don't think that they've forgotten uh, about us or uh, haven't been watching. Um but it also seems to me like they were resting some legs, not traveling Ferrar to Rochester yesterday. Absolutely. Um, or something else was going on that we might not know about. Um, and then also allowing Morgan to be replaced, um, I think, after 40 or 50 or 60 minutes, um, when it looked as if, like, one point was sewn up. So, um, yeah, I don't think that they're uh, they're forgetting about us. But uh, who knows? No, I agree. I think this Saturday is still going to be a huge test for City. If we can come out strong and and win this game, I think we are well on the way to locking up the the title this year. I don't think that uh, I don't think that the strong start is we we don't have the potential to go all Med City. We've got more players ready to join and more players uh, looking to contribute every week. So if we can if we can use this as a, as as another springboard, that would be good for us. But I think the only way that's going to get done is if we score some goals, and it's possible. It's possible. The defense for Duluth is not what it was. Like I said, they've given up fourteen goals on the on this young season so far, including the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they gave up a goal against Eris and three against Twin Stars, which is quite surprising. Um, but we still have to worry about that physical play that Duluth. That British play, I should say. Um, so got to worry about that long ball, and we have to worry about their mental game. I think that's one of the biggest things that that I remember from them coming here, and from especially from our visit to Duluth, is they they they're always they're always yapping. They're always trying to get under your skin. They're always trying to make you make those mental mistakes to get you to see red and do something stupid, and you're out of the game. Case in point, Whitney Brown uh, getting the red card. At home, case in point, I think AJ Albers was starting to go a little uh, go a little ham when we were up in Duluth. Um, they ruptured <laughs> Sam- yeah, they ruptured Samuel Ruiz Plaza's appendix. So like, <laughs> so this team is nothing to, nothing to fuck with, and you still want to you got to respect it, but you also have to you have to hope that we can continue the uh, the goal scoring momentum into Saturday and show Duluth what we got. Sure. So, do you want my my John Bisworm's key to victories again? Fuck I yeah! Last time? I think that's I'll a great. Four- it, it's a good segment as long as they're correct. 
Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, or if they don't happen and we don't get a result, then you can you know. Whatever. Oh yeah, Anyways. then I'll hold you accountable. Right. Um, yeah. Either way, I'm <laughs> fucked. Right. Um, so uh, I'm gonna reiterate a few things you said, just because this is my segment now and not yours. So oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so number one, play a complete game and get any points of any sort. Yep. Uh, one point coming out of that place is okay. Three points is more than okay. So come home with points. I don't care what they are. Just they have to be points. Uh, number two. In number two and three kind of work together. Play our game. We have elevated our game since last year, as people can see. Continue to play that style of soccer. Don't fall into a trap of seeing something that they might give us that they're going to trap us into. And Mm -hmm. I mean from a tactical standpoint. So they may, you know, shift someone that we didn't think around or they might play a different formation. It doesn't matter. Play our game. Then, like you mentioned, don't allow them to kick us out of the game. So not like me yelling profanity, kick me out of the game. Um, (laughs) Or Pribble. I mean like the, or Pribble. (laughs) I mean like the persistent fouling, the, the jawing, like, it's so difficult, Nate, at this level and higher to let that stuff go. But you gotta try your best to let it go because it's all part of the game, of the process. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if they have a no swear and like they have this, you know, choir boy mentality and the disciples are there, whatever. Um, I don't care. Th- they do play dirty soccer sometimes, uh, and they, they have in the past. I'm not saying it's gonna carry over with the new coach, but. It, I'm sure against us, it'll be very much a twin stars mentality of the gloves are off against city. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. So, um, and then finally the ever so popular chant, finish our chances. They, they might come at a premium this game. You know, we're not going to have the 10, 12 chances we had against Sioux Falls that we didn't convert on. We're not going to have the eight to 10 chances we had against, um, against Dakota fusion to, to rely on. We might get one to five good quality chances and we got to bury them. So it's, that's it. It, it comes down to this stuff, man, play our game, whatever else we want. <laughs> come away with a point. Yeah. Come away with, come away with points, finish our chances and, and don't let them kick us out of the game. Nice. So Nate, here's a strange thing. Yeah. Here's a strange thing. We have a quick retraction, Nate, much like <laughs> in the printed press. Yeah, uh, the printed must be, word. Yeah, we must be sure that we report all things accurately. Well, I recently spoke with uh, Keith Hoof. Many of you uh, know him from uh, as Kevin Hoof's dad, um, and you also may know him from such popular things as a few weeks ago's episode. Um, he wanted to mention that we that he misspoke when he when uh, I asked him a question, uh, and that and he wanted to make sure that the proper answer got out there. So he said um, when I asked him what is the benefit of city from a parent's perspective. And he, he wanted to say, um, I don't even remember what he did say, but uh, he wanted to make sure that he, he didn't forget to stress that City fuels Kevin's passion for soccer. And as a parent, anything that continues to fuel his kid's love of, the, of a game is, is a bonus. So uh, another great dynamite drop from, from Keith Hoof there. But uh, forget what he initially said, and then this is his right answer. That's, so. that's good. I think why, why I love Keith is his love of Minneapolis City comes from first and foremost how much Kevin loves to play for Minneapolis City mm-hmm. and that's a true uh, that's a true dad thing 
to to latch onto. That's very cool. It's not like he loves. Keith doesn't just love showing up and screaming at people. Keith just doesn't love showing up and seeing goals. Like he's all about it for his kid, and his kid first, and that's really cool to hear. Well, right. I mean, he drives up to Northern Michigan to watch Kevin's games. Like Marquette, Michigan is not close. Uh, and no. it's not, I mean, like in the fall, I'm sure it's not even the best place to go either. So, um, yeah, really just, uh, summer, it's, it's pretty nice up there. Some, mm. and when skiing, skiing's nice up That's there true. in the old, uh, iron range, um, in fake Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so that is our show for this week, folks. Thank you as always to our sponsor summit brewing company. There is a new friend in the summit fleets vote fleet folks. And that is the citrusy zesty skip rock this fresh fruity white ale is i just always have a hard time saying that fresh fruit fresh fresh and fruity fresh and fruity white ale is available now on tap and in the boundary waters variety pack and available soon as its own six and twelve packs so if you're going to the boundary waters this weekend bring the boundary waters pack with you yeah and real quick to uh to interject here Summit's distributor has settled their dispute with their union. So if you have been holding off on drinking Summit because of just who they distribute with, now know that JJ Taylor is fully is uh, the union workers are back to work, and you can again buy Summit from any JJ Taylor provided uh, store or bar. Okay, great, good to know, good to know. Thank you. We've got a lot of red supporters, John. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can we just drink beer, watch soccer? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you know, if you if you're worried about delivery systems, just come over to my house. <laughs> I will be. Your, I, will I will deliver will, it into your own mouth with this yeah, beer I, bong. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, although, <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> it is never too late to buy a membership for 2018, people. Uh, for only $65, you get a cool seasonal pass, little credit card thing, to all city matches this summer, including all MPSL and U23 games, um, at home, that is. Uh, a classy new membership scarf, and, of course, a vote. So you can say, you have a say in the direction of local soccer. So go on over to MPLSCitySC.com, the new MPLSCitySC.com, and purchase, good. purchase one today. If giving back to the community is important, uh, to you and a part of your life, maybe it's time to give the, to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides those less, less fortunate a safe, reliable, and fun environment to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks, community centers, uh, around the city. There's gonna We're going to be participating in the De La Salle High School uh, soccer programs camp. Um, and consider a tax-deductible donation um, you know, to a true city-focused organization. Send us mail. We we read some today. It's very easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcsepodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club at MPLS City SC. That is all for this week, folks. Uh, I was told I never give a shout out to one person who tells me every time that I'm going on the podcast to say hi to the citizens. Uh, everyone, Steve says what's up. Uh, once again, we leave you with our house MC, <laughs> the resident of Sweden, Miles Stockman-Willis, a.k.a. Milays, with a track called The Come Up. I am John, that is Nate, and you are the people. Next up are the donkeys. Get in your car and head to the shores of Lake Superior and cheer on your crows. And they'll get hoofed. 
Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor leagues. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is make believe. Cup a bad bitch, make her wipe off Maybelline. She wanna F with me, maybe get close, data G. Run up data plans, getting A to B like ATT. Hate me when she's coming, it's the perfect time for me to leave. Patience then is crepe, so I'm craving her creative. Make her breakfast in bed, then have sex instead. One life, live it up. 175 Grey Goose, treat it like a sippy cup. 105 on the dash, watch me giddy up. Only one on the bench, still press the city up. No stress from the press, it ain't news, I'm getting paper. Ask for the check, first time I see the waiter. Make my own luck, knocking over salt shakers. Every September 4th, should've poured in more labor. Yes, flex. Get out my lane, we ain't the same. Don't play Red Rover with the train Lingo rolling off my tongue Like a slogan spoken slang Surely spitting like this token Wrote and spoke it in some fangs I could hang a vampire Highly inspired Haven't reached this height before I might get higher Crew conspires round the campfire Rolling till our hands tired Rap MacGyver saying sapphire Satire with the swag Attire you admire So well put together No assembly required Newly hired Still this heat so fire That it gets them fired Fuck boys thinking that they fresh But expired Everybody Everybody's flawed, that's just life's law. Wonder what life will be like when the ice thaw. I'll die any day, cause I'm down for the cost. Do it bigger than the Big Bang, like my name was Rush. Burning bridges with no guts. Tell her open up her jaws and feed her nothing but bare claws. All about my dough, so she want a nut duck. Keep my ducks on a row, on the pond like what? Getting flocks at each show, giving out goosebumps. Playing with her heart, claim she playing spades. Whenever we apart, her brain ain't the same. Tickle her pussy as I tickle her ear hair. More boss than Ross, never been to a career fair. Blood, sweat, tears dripping off my upper lip. On some shit, krillin', chillin', gripping on destructo disc. Go left, go right in life, maybe eat a Twix. Rapping like a silly rabbit, tripping in the tricks. On the come up! Yeah, boy, this the come up! Whole squad about to motherfucking come up.